1: Okay, welcome. This is Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. I want to say hello to all our street talkers this morning, hoping you are taking your sound theology and bringing it to the streets. Give me a shout out anytime, pastorgrimaldi at gmail.com. It'll be my honor to interact with you concerning any theological issue or current event happening in our world today. Now, I'm really pumped this morning. I'm really pumped. As we're taking our show abroad, as I am on Zoom with two wonderful brothers from India. We got uh, Pastor Michael Teddy and Ashok Mohan from Redem- Redemption Hill Church in India. Did I get that right, brothers? Yes, you did. Yes, okay. you did. Okay. Uh, now, this, that, for me... For me, Pastor Michael and Ashok, this shows me that the gospel is not bound. The word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, and it's living and active in southern India. Um, But amen. Yeah, amen. Right. So, as we know, as we know, not all theology is sound theology, right? Ashok, not all theology is sound theology, right?
2: Yeah. True. True.
1: Um. So we'll have our brothers talk about that as we move along in our session this morning. First off, I want to ask Pastor Michael, just introduce himself, tell us what's going on in Redemption Hill Church in India, specifically their doctrine, and how has COVID affected India and the church? Pastor Michael, please.
0: Yes, thank you so much, Pastor Dominic. It's it's really awesome to be with you on the show. Um, So... My name is Michael. Uh, uh, I uh, pastor a very small church in the southern tip of India. So Kerala is the state. It's the southern state of India. And uh, we have a small church in a city called Trivandrum. And um, we planted the church in 2015. So that's about five years now. And uh, we planted the church with six members. And uh, now we have about nine members, and we have about 20 or 25-odd people uh, attending the church. Um, So we are a church that uh, planted by the grace of God through many circumstances where um, God started bringing together a group of brothers and sisters who who were like-minded, who loved the Lord, who wanted to worship the Lord. And as we began to build one another up uh, through many channels, through many circumstances, God began putting it in our heart to plant a church. And that's how we began. And so uh, we have been mightily blessed by uh, a lot of theologians out there in the West. Uh, we have heard a lot of them. We have learned a lot from them. And so our church doctrine, our church statement of faith, which, you know, you can see it on uh, redemptionhill.in. We've got a website with all that we believe and our statement of faith and things like that.
1: Just one uh, thing. Just one thing, Michael. I want to say this, Pastor Michael. I have learned a lot from these brothers. So go ahead. I just want, yes. I just yeah. want to throw that out there.
0: Amen. so uh, yeah, so you can you can come to our website, you can see what we believe. Um, so we we call ourselves uh, a, a reformed church in trivandrum to kind of give a taste of our doctrine uh, so people understand what we believe and uh, where we come from. Um, bottom line, we believe that the Bible is the only means by which the Christian life, every fiber of the Christian life, can be lived. We we cannot live our lives uh, in opposition to the word of God. Everything that we know, all Christian faith, belief, and practice is determined by what the scripture teaches us. So our church essentially had just one agenda from day one, which was the expository preaching of the word. Uh, Everything else, God has been gracious to build us through that. So we have uh, seen over the course of five years how God has molded our church just through the preaching of the word of God. Um, So we believe that the Bible is the center uh, of all of our focus, whatever we do, uh, whatever our mission is. And uh, we stick to scripture. We believe that uh, that is where we find truth. And uh, that has been the foundation of the church. Uh, of course, we, we we still are in our in many ways is still a very young church. Uh, but God has been very gracious in teaching us many things and leading us through through all of that. Um, and uh, yeah,
1: no, no. Uh, Pastor Michael, just so I want to talk about COVID. Is that affected the church and affected? It? I know you've got some huge numbers out there. I know in your region it's a little less, but maybe you can. Um, I mean, you guys are up against that i'm sure right yeah so uh, you know <laughs>
0: we've been we've been watching the news out west also and you know there was that period of time when there's that there's that tension between uh, the government and the church you know uh, uh, locking down churches shutting down churches but locally our situation has been quite different because our government has been trying hard to open everything up
1: You know, you know, too much, you know, too much about us, uh, Pastor Michael.
0: (laughs) So, so we, we, you know, so we've had the government trying to open stuff up just try to get things moving. Uh, But our numbers are very high. And uh, with this, with this new wave of COVID that's hit, we have a lot of death. uh, I am sure you've heard in the news that uh, we have a lot of oxygen crisis uh, in hospitals and things like that. So We are currently on lockdown. So ever since COVID began, uh, as a church, we were affected because we used to gather in one of the members' houses in a big hall. We used to meet about, we could accommodate about 20 to 30 people, and that's where we used to meet. Uh, But when COVID struck, we naturally couldn't meet. And uh, so we've gone online and we have been meeting on Zoom. Uh, It's not been the... uh, Uh, Most joyful in the least of transitions. We definitely want to meet one another. But God has been graciously carrying us through it because a lot of key elements in our church service still gets met. Uh, We have the preaching of the word of God right? We have the preaching of the word of God. Uh, We have a service team that's just, you know, a bunch of youngsters are there who are, you know, putting in effort to make sure that songs are ready. Uh, You know, everything is prepared. So week after week, we come online, we meet each other, we talk to one another. And then whenever we can, we do meet one another physically. We go to each other's homes uh, when it's possible and depending on the situation and scenario. But Undoubtedly, this is not ideal, and we constantly pray for God's mercy so we can start meeting again. So,
1: yeah, we kind of we kind of call that here. We want to put skin in the game, right? We want to be around (laughs) our people. We want to. Yeah. Um. Okay, Mr. Ashok, I got a question for you. You know, I'm not letting you off the hook. We got to hear from our brother. You know, Ashok is how I really got uh, connected the two, uh, these wonderful brothers and they are my friend. I tell you, I, I, I was telling Rachel this morning, Hey Ashok, you had to see your face. I said, Hey Rachel, I want to go to India. She looked at me. She goes, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) But she says, well, you at least, can you wait till the pandemic's a little better? I says, well, I'll do that then. Ashok question for you because I know Ashok is like the, uh, He's got all the mater- he's got all the reading materials. He's like, the- <laughs> so <laughs> every book I name, he's got, you know. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Ashok, what kind of Christian materials are available in India? If you know, uh, he's got a smile, I know he's gonna like talking about this, Pastor Michael.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is true. Um, just, uh, uh, just because I have books doesn't mean I read all of them,
1: <laughs> me-, uh, <laughs> me either, right, Michael? <laughs> you, Pastor, don't yeah. either. Yeah. I like
2: to think of them as investments for the uh, day of need. but uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so uh, I do uh, try to get hold of any good book I get out there uh, in India. And uh, you know, a lot of it might be through uh, Amazon, and apart from that, we have a we have two, three big uh, Christian booksellers in India, uh, publishers and all. Um, but it's really hard to get hold of good books, good reformed, solid material. Um. We uh, every now and then it is possible that a good book slips in, but by large, uh, it's it's pretty hard to uh, get hold of good Christian materials in uh, India. Now uh, there have been recently there have been uh, a few initiatives uh, by Reformed Brothers across India. Uh, one of the uh, names would be Malitia um, Books, and another one would be For the Truth. Uh, These are uh, two uh, groups who are actually trying to bring um, good, solid, reformed Christian books to India and reprint them here and sell them at much cheaper rates. And it's uh, made, uh, so they're trying to make it much more available across India. And apart from that, uh, Grace to India, uh, so Grace to You has a kind of an Indian version where they um, have their books translated to Indian languages and the um, distributed here so grace to india is yet another place i uh, get my uh, books from um, or else i just get them from <laughs> amazon uh, uh, apart from that i think uh, a great number of the books i have is ebooks um, so kindle books uh, so yeah that's another route that i take but yeah i would say that's that by large it's it's pretty hard to get hold of solid reform christian uh, books in india
1: and, and said,
0: most I, of the I, I, michael please I have a, I have a testimony for you there just, just to, to kind of uh, give you a picture of what that looks like here is uh, every time we need a book um, and uh, it's too expensive for us to source it from Amazon or we don't have access to it. Um, what we've done over the years is we've prayed and God well, has been good. And so we pray and we actually go visit these stores uh, and, and, and a whole lot of books on these stores are, uh, you know, Word of Faith, uh, Prosperity Preaching, yeah, all course. sorts of weird teachings are there. And so we pray and we go there. And God has been so gracious. A lot of times the books we pray for are there. So to, to give you an example, I wanted to get more resources on Greek. Right. And so I, I, I had found one textbook that I thought I, I, I want to look at one workbook and the uh, Greek uh, New Testament, the Nestle Allen 28th edition, you know, uh, and and Bill and,
2: Mount's workbook and the textbook. that you Yeah, reading. very yeah.
1: Yeah, good stuff. We use that in seminary. I think you have it right. on. I think you probably have the NA28, I think probably on Logos, I think. Right, or, Michael?
0: Or, yeah, it, it's probably there. So 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 the interesting thing was I saw these books and I tried to source them from America. And, and they were so expensive. I, I could probably buy 150 books for that rate. And uh, there was no way that we could get it. And, and so I just prayed. And the following, the following week, I go into the, the, this bookstore, hoping to get something. And I'm not thinking any of this, right? So I walk into the bookstore and I go to one of the shelves and I'm shocked to see this textbook there, right? And I go and I pick out that textbook and I and I turn to the other shelf and the workbook is there. No way. And I, Raise the Lord, and, I <laughs> and I pick and I pick both these and I took it to the, you know, the, the guy at the shop and I, and I told him, where did you get these from? And he's so he was telling me, uh, well, their bookstores announced uh, online on their private channel that there were a few books they were trying to see test in India if it would be sold. And so each seller across India gets to say which book they want to get. And he told me he picked three books. And these were two of those books, the textbook and the workbook. So I asked him what's the third book? And he brings out the Nestle Allen 28th oh, edition. Oh no way. So so please, please, Pastor, go ahead. So so God is good. You know, so we we came home just delighted knowing that, you know, God is good. Um, and so it's, it's a delay. Yeah.
1: Prison, listen to this. I'll tell you guys a story. When I came home from prison, uh, the first pl- they, I went to work for like $7 an hour or something in, in, a, in a place called Slotsky's. Right. So they had me, you know, they, they hired us out of prison, so to speak. And we worked there. And once they opened the store, they got rid of us. So I wind up getting a job in a Christian bookstore and, and, and you know, what's in those Christian bookstores. Right. And, you know, my wife will tell you, but we had a manager that hired me. This is a, this is a God thing. I'm, I'm telling you, you guys don't know this story. So um, I go interview for the job. I'm at a prison, who knows, uh, maybe a month or two months. And I tell her, I says, you know, I was in prison for 20 years and this and that. So she just hired me. So I'm there with another brother who's uh, in seminary right now. We were working together. He wasn't in seminary then. And, you know, in those Christian bookstores, Pastor Michael, they have all Word of Faith and Joyce Meyer and Joel Osteen. So what we used to do, me and this brother, Ben Ashok, you got to hear this. We used to hide all those books. There was this little section. I'm serious. I don't know how they didn't fire us. There was this little section of like, uh, you know, good, solid Puritan teaching and stuff like that. And, you know, it was like this big. And we would hide. We would turn around like the Joel Osteens and the Joyce Myers. And one, one day Sherry called us in and she says, and she 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 loved us. She really liked me and Ben. And she called me and she says, Dominic, you're going to get me fired, man. You can't be doing this. Now we don't want to give this garbage to these people, you know. So I figured that's a pretty funny story, right, Pastor Michael? Um, <laughs> yeah. So we've discussed the materials that are available in India. So pastor Michael with uh, Ashuk's answer on Christian materials, what kind of churches then would be mainstream in India? Uh, so to speak, is that is that a fair question? Yeah.
0: So uh, if, if you, if you look at uh, it on a large scale as a nation, uh, we have a lot of Catholic churches that are definitely spread out across the nation. Um, um, and uh if if we look more south, so to give you a picture of India, I, I'm not, I'm not sure because people have all sorts of views out in the west. When we meet. Uh, Americans who come over, they have all sorts of, uh, you know, preconceived notions about what India will look like. Some of them think there are no roads here. Some of them think that people live in huts. So to kind of give you a picture, a lot of India. There are places like that. uh, There are are definitely
1: places like (laughs) that. They think you live in huts, that's good.
0: (laughs) But but there's a lot of developed areas. There's a lot of uh, things happening. And so our state, the state of Kerala, on the on the south of India, is the state with the highest literacy rate. Right, so almost over 95 percent of the population here are educated in the state. Um, so there's a lot of uh, progress, a lot of stuff happening in this state. So the Christian church uh, looks very different across India. So towards northern India, in specific places in India, you would find churches that are very less in number. Some of them are persecuted. There are issues like that in many places in India, not so much in our state. So in one way you could consider our state or that southern states as the Christian belt of the nation. There are a lot of churches here in comparison. And so here you you generally find what you would call traditional churches, uh, churches that uh, look more like an Anglican, Presbyterian kind of church denominations like that. Uh, which more, have litur-
1: a, more liturgical, right?
0: A more liturgical uh, uh, churches like that. And then you have the Pentecostal churches. There's a lot of Pentecostal churches. And those are the, you know, the, if, if you look at it, those are the like the dominant. There's the Catholic church and on the Protestant side of things, you've got the traditional churches like that and the uh, Pentecostal churches. Uh, but there's also been a, Huge growth in the last 10 to 15 years, there's been a huge rise in the number of independent churches, uh, churches that don't want to associate with uh, themselves with any particular denomination. There's a lot of those churches as well. Most of them, regardless of, uh, you know, most of them. Uh, tend to be leaning towards the word of faith, prosperity preaching. The highest influence here is definitely from televangelism, and that's kind of like the big thing amongst Pentecostal and independent churches. You find a whole lot more orthodoxy in the traditional churches, um, but. That's that's still up for debate because that's <laughs> just a relative comparison. People are still influenced all over the place by... So to give you a picture, we've got television channels here uh, that specifically cater to gospel or Christian material. And over 90% of their content mostly is all tele-evangelism and word of faith teaching and things yeah, like that. So yeah. that is the predominant so teaching of our land
1: so let me ask, let me just just follow up with that one one second pastor Michael before I get to Asheville. Yeah. um there are obviously there are sound churches there but they're few and far between is that what I'm hearing yes yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and um, uh, you know we we so uh, we we try to think about it as health healthy and unhealthy churches because yeah. uh, even though there is a lot of presence of uh, televangelism word of faith um there are a lot of independent churches that aren't necessarily her- heretical, that aren't right, necessarily right. way off. Uh, there are churches that we used to be part of a church that that, were, that was more toned. that was uh, far more uh, we, we were definitely able to fellowship there and uh, um, try to work things together there. So on the scale of health and you know healthy churches and unhealthy churches, there are a lot of unhealthy churches. And very little, really healthy churches.
1: Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put Ashok on the line a little bit because you mentioned something. And I, know, uh, I-, I know he's a well-learned brother because I've interacted with him. But Ashok, maybe I, I want to ask you, and-, and this ain't on the paper, but I want to ask you, can you explain to our audience the difference between heresy and error? You know, look you see how you see his face Michael you can't see his face well, there is a right I mean because Michael did uh, if you want to uh, uh concede to your pastor but i I know that you can answer so what's the difference Tell the audience the difference between what's heresy and what's error is that a fair that's a fair question right uh, um I personally used to like
2: some uh uh like to use something called a, uh, theological trash uh-huh. uh, which is uh basically um uh, see theology um at some level as three divisions primary secondary and uh, tertiary theology um uh, tertiary would be the uh, the least important things least important in the sense there's no I, like i can disagree with you but still be in the same church
1: and that know. would be tertiary right That'd, right
0: yeah, uh,
2: yeah things such as eschatology uh, nuances of eschatology you say um uh, so those kinds of things supralapsarianism infralapsarianism so right right, are, right 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 Right? Th- those are not uh, deal breakers. And then would be the secondary uh, doctrines. Now secondary doctrines, I would say secondary theology would be the uh, topics that are important, but not important enough to um, break our uh, fellowship. So Amen. it might not be the wisest thing in every case uh, for a Presbyterian brother and uh, a Reformed Baptist brother to be in the same church at all the times. I'm not saying that can't be uh, exceptions. But there might come up wisdom issues, right? How do you, uh, what do you do with children? Do you baptize them or not? So all those kinds of uh, confusions and say uh, reformed uh, versus Armenian kind of a thing. So I'll say they are important doctrines, but um, but not. But you can still fellowship with them, right? You can learn from them. You can encourage them.
1: Well, I, I, I got like, a qu- one question, and we got run out. Okay. Of, but I, we're gonna we're, believe me. We're bringing you guys back. This is amazing. Where do you put infant baptism in there? In the in the, in, <laughs> I got it, Michael, yeah. Pastor Michael. I got to put him on the hook a little bit, right?
0: <laughs> I'm enjoying this. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, infant baptism. So uh, let me say this. I have greatly. Um, I greatly enjoyed the fellowship with, as well as learned a lot from Reformed uh, Presbyterians uh, who do infant baptism. And to a great extent, I do not even deny certain things. When it comes to 1 Corinthians 14, I do believe there's a certain kind of grace God exists to, uh, extends to children. Um, uh, I mean, sorry, 1 Corinthians 7.14, not 1 Corinthians 14. So there is a certain kind of grace God does Amen. extend to children. But um, I personally do not believe um, that they should be... Um, uh, baptized and uh, th- that they are part of the covenant per se uh, but I do believe they enjoy some sort of covenant blessings that's Amen. where I personally stand when it comes to that um, so I uh, would say it is uh, say uh, in our church we personally do uh, in our church we do let uh, brothers from uh, infant, uh, who hold to uh, a covenant view of infant baptism to take membership in our church but praise the Lord the but when we, we draw the line when it comes to teaching um, offices, we might not necessarily, uh, you know, it comes with a clause. Brothers, we would love to have you uh, come over and uh, join our church and be members and be blessed by the church and be a blessing to the church. But we don't want a contradicting mess- uh, messages to come out of the pulpit. So that's where we draw the line when it comes to infant baptism, and uh, they are brothers. We have a lot to learn from them, and we call ourselves Calvinists. We <laughs> we love Calvin, so <laughs> right, he was an uh, he did uh, infant baptism. So, yes, he did. Yeah, but I do believe it's a secondary doctrine, and um, okay. it would depend on which place I live in. If I uh, if I am in a place where there are a ton of Reformed Baptist 1689 uh, LBCF churches, I would definitely go to a Reformed Baptist church. Uh, but then, if I am at a place uh, where I don't have such um, churches, my I think my um, fallback would be a Presbyterian church. So, and, yeah, if that's my
1: so, district. so. Uh, hey, Michael, so, wait, Pastor Mike. Yeah. We got like two. We got. We're gonna come back, but I I gotta get oh, you know, sure. off. We got like so. Ashok, you got at literally two minutes to tell me that heresy something that you are not going to be you know so you got two minutes on that and then we'll you guys are going to come back and hang on me another uh, half hour or so right yeah. yeah. okay go ahead ashok you got about two minutes <laughs>
2: after secondary doctrines i would say uh, it's primary doctrines primary doctrines would be those doctrines that i would say if you do not believe them you're not christian and we might not be able to fellowship in a Christian sense, like in a one-john sense. I, I I would not say we partake in the same fellowship, with the uh, you know, the, the say Trinitarian fellowship with that extends to believers. I do not believe that would apply to us. Uh, and uh, that would mean the fundamental basic gospel truth and everything associated with it, say uh, the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the physical death, burial Amen. and resurrection of Jesus Christ, um, uh, His Lordship, uh, Trinity, Um, The gospel truth salvation is through faith alone, uh, through grace alone and uh, so these fundamental truths. Now, if you get this wrong, I would say it is heretic. Um, uh, That's where I would uh, draw the line personally uh, when it uh, comes to heresy. Now, uh, I'm not necessarily saying those super uh, um, nuances of Trinity where we do not have a super very clear idea because of course when it comes to things such as trinity there are there is a certain place we have, where we have to give up right i mean a, uh, <laughs> mysteries of god i mean uh,
0: so, so so i think you would say uh, anything that violates the gospel right
1: anything, anything that, that violates that, that yes violates very the good gospel. And and uh you guys hold that thought. Uh this is Pastor Dominic Romaldi here on Street Talk Theology and I'm bringing these brothers back. I I so you guys got to tune in next week but uh to, to to finish up this conversation. So we love you guys and uh thank you so much for coming on this week and uh you guys are coming back, right? Yes, we are. Thank Praise you. Praise the Lord us. and uh Street Talk Theology and we'll see you guys and this is where we take uh, theology, we bring it to the streets. So, till next week, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for
0: Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.